Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders seen. Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Everybody should ride bicycle. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and digital. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and on today's show I'm going to be uh, talking to David Borella from Bike Sydney about a great swathe of issues which are happening for bicycle riders and related transport issues up in New South Wales and Sydney. And i also like to extend a uh, hope you're warming up or healing up or recovering from uh, the weekend's big events. If you're down the coast watching the Cadell uh, Great Road Ocean Race or you were a participant in the People's Ride, I hope you had a fantastic time down there. And also with the ride the night on Saturday night, that which is uh, held in Melbourne, also across Australia as well, I hope the rain didn't um, bite you too hard um, in the early hours of uh, Sunday morning. I was watching it come in, um, or the weather I should say, come in on early Sunday morning and uh, lots of lightning and rain and uh, the like. So I hope you um, dried out sufficiently and had a good time. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to uh, get into this interview with David and... Yes, it's um, a fairly free-ranging interview about uh, some of the changes in New South Wales have been proposed with minimum passing laws and uh, unfortunately bringing uh, fines for cyclists up to some sort of pass, similar to uh, Victoria. <laughs> we've, got, we've got nothing here to gloat about what's happening up there. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a moment. A new illustrated book by Alina and Bruce MacDonald stars our beloved comrade Bill Della as the protagonist in a journey that stems from Ballarat to Humpty Doo and features all the lefty issues that were dear to Bill's big heart. 3CR has a few precious copies of this beautiful book for sale for $20 plus $5 postage. All proceeds will go to the Solidarity Breakfast Program's Radiothon Fund. You can buy it online at the 3CR shop. Go to the 3CR website... 3cr.org.au or pick up your copy at the station. This morning on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, I'm speaking to David Barella from Bike Sydney. We spoke to David all probably about ooh, 18 months, two years ago, or was it last year, David? Uh, last year, Chris. Hi, good morning. Yeah, so we're going to do a bit of a recap on... Last time we spoke was about, was it the College Way Cycleways, which was a protected cycleway in Sydney, was being removed. And I think people would be aware of what went on there. But can you give us a bit of a recap, especially some interesting events that happened, I think, just this Friday morning? Things have moved on, Chris. Yes, so um, just to go back, of course, the College Street Cycleway, which sits on the western boundary, it's a north-south running 
um, cycleway, or was, uh, on the western edge of the city, uh, was removed, sadly. Um, and since then, there's been, you can imagine, any amount of uproar. There were, of that, uh, in response to that alone, were there protest rides. Um, and you're right, there were, there were th those protest rides are actually escalating, quite a heart heartening um, outcome because it shows wider and wider engagement and people are really getting fed up now. But admittedly, this week, um, it was critical mass that had been, to be honest, um, so rather sleepy for a while. And not only has it come out in numbers, maybe three to 500 riders, um, indeed, it, it sort of surfaced um, a very erudite spokesman. Um, and so it's really coalescing and, and coming to fore um, and making good statements. Uh, admittedly, in this case, in context of Duncan Gay, the roads minister here in New South Wales, um, bringing out, can you believe, um, new laws, I'm sure everyone's heard about them, that include also um, uh, fines, higher, much higher fines, 600% increased fines for riders, uh, and also mandatory ID. So um, really people are fed up and there's very, very visible action on the streets. Yeah, going back to the critical mass thing, like I was thinking from someone who's been, who was heavily involved in Melbourne, it's, it's really interesting to see that everything old is new again. But can you talk to me a bit about why the College Street Cycleway was taken about? I think we spoke about this. It's got really nothing to do with the new light rail that's going in in George Street, is it? Why, uh, why are in, they doing this? No, you're absolutely right. In one, in ostensibly, yes, it has. Uh, that is to say, the rhetoric is because we need to free up um, car capacity. We'd, the government's position would have been um, we're going to lose 25% of the north-south capacity for cars, basically, in inserting the tram in the central north-south street, George Street, um, where Town Hall is. Um, so, therefore, we better increase capacity at the fringes. And, of course, first things first... That's the whole point of introducing a tram, to try and encourage mode shift and, frankly, to decarify. Um, but even that notwithstanding, when they then said, well, we better free up the road um, so you can't have a cycleway, um, and in, in doing so, reneging on their commitment for, uh, with Sydney Cycling Future, their own blueprint for cycling and for all, and for all matters transport in the capacity improvement plan, um, they then went back on and said, "We look, we just can't, you know, abide this space being wasted on a cycleway." Notwithstanding the fact that, of course, that cycleway was put in position, uh, it replaced a parking lane, not a travel lane. It replaced a car parking lane, and then also, um, when it was removed, when you go out there now, you see that in fact the demand is not there. So, you know, it's it's largely a furphy. If you did any sort of analysis on it, traffic analysis, you'd have seen how unjustified the removal of the College Street Cycleway. But yes, to answer your question, it was justified on needing to create more car capacity at the fringes because they were introducing a tram. Um, it's totally bogus. Yeah, so the takeaway out of that would be we're just going to increase car capacity. We're going to make a spiteful act of it, which actually impinges upon people's free use of that area when they wanted to ride it because... You know, I knew a lot of people used to ride that area. And also, I think it's also, let's have another go at Clover. No, it's definitely that. <laughs> and and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to this, the, 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 latest, the, the latest raft of those sort of um, tactics, um, even more pernicious this time, um, because I think it's setting a target to cyclists. It's one thing to take away their provisioning, but they'll still ride, albeit in much riskier and, and uh, unreliable circumstances mixed in with traffic. But now it's another with these fines and IDs, and all. we'll get to that in a second, I'm mm. sure. 
um, because now it makes of right as a target. That is, the police now are sort of eyeing them off, thinking, mm, you're a tasty morsel of my daily quota to, to charge $500 a time, actually $425. Uh, you know, th that's quite easy now. So um, it's scaling up. You know, you're absolutely right, and it's purely a tactic, um, and it's not justified. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not even convinced evidence matters anymore, but don't forget, in peak hours, more people were moved on the College Street cycleway than were in the adjacent um, car lane. So, you know, evidence doesn't matter. It is necessarily a tactic, yes. Workers United Never be defeated Workers United Touch one, touch all Racism, the fascist street and how unions can fight it. Come to this public meeting of unionists on Saturday, the 6th of February at 2 p.m. in Meeting Room 1 at Trades Hall. The union movement's strength is built on our diversity and solidarity, and if we don't fight, we'll lose. Speakers at this public meeting include rank-and-filers, organizers and officials from a range of unions. For more information, go to the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism Facebook page or SMS subscribe to 0422-726-843. The Campaign Against Racism and Fascism is a free CR supporter. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM and digital. And it's going to go into the second part of an interview I did with David Barella from Bike Sydney. And really, people just wanting to move around their city, it shouldn't come down to someone making an arbitrary ideological decision. Um, and I find that really offensive. It's just people who either walk, ride, whatever, and, and a choice has been taken away and I really don't care less what ideological bent um, Duncan Gay is and that's subject to conjecture but that's a really pitiful way to do your city planning. It's terrible we know that um, yeah. this is the big challenge not just you know bigger than cycling is the call it makes on governance and Sydney itself you know what do you want to do Sydney isn't even capable at the moment to have a discourse a collective discourse around what do we really want and let's go about doing that it's just really prescribed from above we're doing this and you'll like it and you can you guys over there can complain but that's it you're getting this train line this big road project and we're removing you know anything that we would call progressive but you know, politics is not the point yet in this idea it's just that wow I, I must say i'm disappointed in my own hometown insofar as the lack of engagement and the lack of care um, in these projects, they're just solely they're being built ahead of their being approved. West oh, we, is a yeah, we're talking. One. Yes, we're about to get onto the West Connects thing in the room. But really, um, from a Melbourne perspective, we can't gloat because we bought in some type of well, three, four years ago, we bought up massive increases in cyclist fines, and I'd say uh, some organisations down here had a part in that. And I reckon some decision makers in New South Wales looked at what news what we did down here in, in Victorian took it on board so I don't think there's anything here that you know we can go ha ha and point at um, Sydney and go oh look at Sydney being terrible again I know I think they got um, some inspiration from elsewhere not just inspiration <laughs> I, I, I go you one better in, in not to compete but just to say in fact I, I would have great confidence to think that the roads minister up here would not have even arrived to that idea 
had it not been surfaced in, in somewhere else, forget that it's Melbourne, but you're absolutely right. That precedent is what was so dangerous. Yes. And by the way, you know, it really does need to be called on and people who advocated for that need to be called to account to say, well, yeah, th- these, these negotiations aren't benign and aren't just ex- uh, extemporaneous. That is of its time only. It's not contained to just what you negotiated at that time. It sends signals and it's a lasting legacy and here's the payoff of that idea. Yes, um, you're not. But on the other hand, somehow you've managed to resist a lot of the garbage that's coming out now in New South Wales. So, you know, it's not as though Melbourne is, not, not to get into a, a fandom here, but um, it's not as though Melbourne has something because it managed to resist a lot of the nastiness that is now surfacing in New South Wales legislation. Yeah, we fought back East West Link, but yeah, we've got to keep an eye on things like what you guys are doing with Urban Growth and Landcom and uh, Lucy Turnbull's latest project to do with carving up our cities and giving over, basically giving over planning decisions above everyone's head, which is, you know, again, it's way hell and gone from cycling issues, which the show's about, but it impinges upon us all. Now, I really like to get down to the point of these changes in cycling uh, laws in New South Wales, apparently they're going to be good for you because part of the trade-off is you get a minimum passing distance. Now, so, I mean, first of all, the, the bigger issue is that, you know, if the outcome, and I'm not so sure that this, was, uh, that this wasn't disingenuous, but if the outcome sought by the government was to improve safety for riding, well, you know, as a package, this is only going to make it worse. But there is an element which is a good concept, a good principle, and the safe passing distance is a good thing. But the efficacy of that is is really contained to, well, how much do you pump into the education campaign to, to make that idea stick and to, for it to become a discussion in the ensuing 12 months, 24 months and so on. Um, that is just, that'll be the measure. Let's see. I don't have great faith in that, but leaving my opinion aside, um, just the concept and the, print, the proposing of the principle is of itself not enough. What matters is we'll make this thing stick then and let's have that conversation and let's give it due credit if that's to run, that is if there's an education campaign that follows and prosecutes that, um, then that'll, that'll have been a good thing. But you know, the other stuff is just off the scale bad, increasing fines for riders and not just increasing them, these are, these are six fold increases in some cases. And one thing that I don't think is being talked about enough is that one of those increases relates to the, the charge of danger, uh, dangerous riding, I guess. In short, to say it's an interpret, it could be an interpreted um, law-breaking thing. So you know, it, it just comes out of the discretion of a particular policeman or woman, and that's a pretty dangerous place. The whole ID thing, I think people will know straight away that it's the wrong thing. Astra- bigger than cycling, Australia's had this discussion with the Australia Card, Civil Liberties. Um, you guide me on how much you want to say, but I think most people, most of your listeners, will just know straight away that's a bad thing, and it's the most pernicious thing. But the point here, wrapping those things up, it's a net negative thing by a long way, it's, and it, all of it may be bad because, and that will that'll depend on how much they want to prosecute the education campaign around safe passing. But you know, let, let's hope it, let's work on that. But the other stuff is horrendously bad. Hello, this is Dan Sultan, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfella Radio, Melbourne. And you're listening to Yarrabosco User Group Radio and Community Radio 3CI 55AM and Digital. I'm just going to go into the third part of an interview I did with David Barella from Bike Sydney. 
but I'm old enough to remember the stink that was kicked up over the Australia card, and that was by an ALP government. But getting back to, I remember when the initial media release came out for this, I just looked at it and just picked up two elements that the cops are going to love it for revenue, and and because it's the identification thing, it's it's basically registration or cyclist registration by stealth. Oh, it absolutely yeah. is that. Now, um, uh, you know, how to make... I'm, I'm just mindful of who your listeners are. They'll get this absolutely is it. Um, uh, the situation here is so dire that really the bigger issues are... Um, you know, again, there's this tactic, this strategy to denounce, first of all, to demonise, and frankly, to block cycling. And it's not going it, it, to... The efficacy of the measure is not even going to work. It's not going to manage it. It just means people will do other things. And now all of a sudden, this is getting uns- more unsafe and, and riskier and so on. Absolutely, is it registration by proxy? But the, th- the overarching thing is, n- interestingly, none of this has evidence behind it and none of it addresses safety. That is, where's the discussion yet again about making it safe and so particularly the, the recognizable themes of safe cycling infrastructure education campaigns and so on all, all of this stuff is just um punitive it's just pernicious like i almost feel like it's not even worthy of a conversation around thinking that at least maybe it's not a tactic it's it's nothing but a tactic it's not oh, i see i see it as playing out marketing we don't like cycling let's make it even more unpopular let's give the cyclists um a few crumbs that, that um oh they get what we had in queensland or south australia tasmania with minimum distance but we win the bigger pr battle with making it oh you know tying the act of riding a bike to being an out group okay this is me going off my soapbox they've overdone it this time duncan gay Mike Baird with his, you know, little golden boy himself who can do no wrong, looks great on TV. I think they've overdone it. Uh, Chris, I, I think you've picked it. That is, I, I think they just a bit, a bit too chew, chew, chewed off a bit too much this time. And um, I'm seeing with with good faith that the the numbers in protest are growing. Not mm. that that of itself is going to change. I mean, it's a it's a catalyst. But I just think they're now tipping into issues that, paradoxically, helpfully enlist cycling the discussion about cycling into broader issues that cut into a broader range of people that is really ids it doesn't take much to jump from that to think okay well next surely is uh, you know pedestrians needing to carry ids those those scoff law pedestrians like all right now you people have just tipped over you know almost donald trump-esque saying things like he can go out into fifth avenue and shoot someone and not lose any supporters like are you insane man but I'm not seeking to make a political point, just to say, to underline your point, you're absolutely right. It's very likely they've gone too far this time. And that's our challenge, you know, to then, to the extent that this is a comms exercise, you know, communications mm. exercise, then to think, let's take that collateral, bad though it is, and make good of it and, 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 and penetrate into middle Australia and say, really, is this what Australia is about? You know, laws and sticks and now ID, like it's getting a bit George Orwell, isn't it, people? Yeah, well, the best thing, it's the best sign of a, a campaign is when you get people outside your group show interest, like, you know, people who may never ride a bike, have no interest in riding a bike, but they don't like what's happening in terms of this is someone's way of getting about. I don't, you know... Average people wouldn't see the act of cycling as some type of ideological construct. They just see it as somewhere's getting A to B or it's fun or they go on bunch rides during the weekend. I think the average person out there in, in, in Sydney, Melbourne, whatever, it see this as one leap too far. And I think, as you're saying, this is a great opportunity to um, some people to you know, get away from the negative sides of this and say, 
how do we actually want to live in our cities? No, absolutely. And I think, um, uh, I know I've talked to you about this elsewhere off, offline, but um, I think cycling's biggest challenge is not to bear more evidence and, and be indignant, but in fact, enlist, you know, we, we have a comms challenge, not more merit of argument. I think that's gone as far as it can, broadly speaking. I'm sure we could run it for another year and bring on a few more people. But unless that's going to become 70% and 80% of the electorate, so to speak, and I don't mean voting, I just mean the nation, then no, we need to let that go to move on. And it, it, you're right. I think it's uh, an opportunity to think differently, creatively around, okay, things are pretty bad. How do we make good of that to engage a wider population? We need cycling next needs um, statesmanship, and I'm, by with I mean men and women, of course, um, and it needs um, communications expertise rather than more people like me. I declare myself as being one of these nerdy, uh, detailed boffins, you know, that will analyze and cut through and frankly d does know what's needed. But that didn't get it. That's got us so far. That booster rocket has got us so far. It's now time for the capsule um, to break the stratosphere. And I think that's where cycling needs to call out for statesmen, for champions. Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio. Subscribe now. And a reminder, we're listening to an interview done with David Barella from Bike Sydney. And it's going to go into, oh, I think the fourth part of that interview. The one thing being missed by cycling, and probably at the hands of people such as myself, is... Well, isn't that right? The, the number of people who receive this issue as, as benign or actually a, a, a latently supportive, that is, all those drivers who just, you know, actually, I don't want to talk about this um, transport, not just cycling, is unremarkable. So long as you don't bother me, yeah, whatever, mate, I don't care, you know. And I surely that must be 80% of the population. So, yes, there are, of course, there are vocal uh, proponents on both pro and anti-cycling side, if, in fact, in fact, that's a thing. But what, what are we doing about the, the capital, the social capital that is the 80 or 90 is it, percent of people that just think, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, what's your argument? What's your argument? Yeah, look, I, the outcomes I want are better health outcomes and a more fluid transport system. And the big key there is um, transport mix, transport choice. I'm not telling you you must ride a bike or you must support me because bike riding is – I just – you know, I, I want you to be able to easily choose and enact – whatever choice of transport you want. But we're way overs on the car. And I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, I think we've gone as far as we can within reason about trying to explain to the people how car centric we are. Um, we need to sort of say, to give them a different vision. And to, the, the point is to tap into an engagement uh, process uh, that will enlist them and sort of say, this is the vision we want. You tell me what are the things that are important to you. And I believe in our product. Cycling is flexible enough that we can, um, we can layer cycling, the needs of cycling, into some bigger idea. I know you have views on this. Um, I've been struggling to think, is it livability, for example? I have my own problems with that because I don't think most people understand that vernacular. Yeah. But just as an example to say, you know what, time to Trojan horse the needs for cycling into some bigger idea that will cut through to 70%, 80% of the population. Very basically, do you want to live in a good city or do you want to live in a bad city? Do you want to live in a city where it's less than two minutes walk to an attorney form of transport that's not your car or you have the ability to easily ride or easily walk to where you're going or is it too much of a hindrance? That's a bad city. It's a very simple choice of what you want. 
Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Hawthorne, Tatman, Jenkins, Hutchinson, Hirsi Ali and Plumwood. So tune in to 3CR Community Radio 8.55 on your AM dial on Thursday afternoon from 3.30 until 4 o'clock. And let's get radical about philosophy. Yes, indeed. You're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR 855 AM Digital. And it's going to go into the final part of an interview I did with David Brella from Bike Sydney. Can someone from interstate or in Sydney do? Uh, in relation to Duncan's laws, the yes, Road Minister's laws? Yes, where, where, where's, a, where's a positive uh, platform from here? It would really help. The, the most immediate, obvious thing is, yes, indeed, to do the classic forms of, you know, yeah, sure, join petitions, but largely because it's easy. Um, I'd rather have um, 20,000 people doing something than nothing. But, you know, actually, I think the key is um, calculating who are the influencers and, uh, of, of the roads minister. And nonetheless, even though they might be uh, interstate, they might be calling on, in this case, his um, peers and sort of saying, well, really, is that where we're going? what's going on in New South Wales, and appealing, I, I, I think the strategy is to appeal to our Premier, Mike Baird, and indeed even Malcolm Turnbull, the Prime Minister, yeah. because I think this issue has prospect, again, to cut through to a, an audience wider than just people who either ride or might know someone who rides. Really, this ID thing is super pernicious. I, I don't need to preach at all, and certainly not to your audience, um, as to how backward and how draconian that is. Really, we're, we're mandating IDs for citizens. That's pretty heavy stuff. So go to the, get creative around what those broader themes are and enlist those who might influence and, and shine a spotlight on, particularly the roads minister, but yeah, call, make a call on um, the, the, the government here and the premier here and enlist. I mean, do these themes, do these outcomes really fit the themes of the prime minister yeah. who's now shifting to active transport, who's calling for a nimble society, wants productivity. I mean, it, it just speaks to, to what cycling can provide. It's not to say the only way you get these things is through cycling, but cycling has a role to play here. And Sydney is going through massive um, structural change in its planning. We're getting now what's called the Greater Sydney Commission, and it's just going to sit on top of all of our, it's a bit pernicious, but yeah. our planning instruments and laws and, and the Act and all of that. But I think there are people who get this idea, and they're probably a bit ashamed at the, the position the government's taken. And I, I think, I like your idea, Chris, I think this particular proponent, this particular minister has bitten off more than, he's chew, than he can chew and he's now implicated the government into wider conversations and wider themes that engage more widely. Let's leverage that. Yeah, so I think, I think we're kind of in furious agreement here, but yes. make it a communications campaign of, you know, like those of you who are good at um, contacting people or networking or talking to your friends and uh, business associates or your family, get out there and make a difference. I mean, yeah. I know that sounds awfully simplistic from an advocacy point of view, but you know, I, I was thinking of coming up to Sydney pretty soon to do a bushwalk. I'm not now because... <laughs> Do I have to walk around with a bloody passport because I don't have a car driver's license? It's ridiculous, and, so and it's I like, think uh, Australia, sorry, Australia yeah. should shine a spotlight on New South Wales, and yeah. it's easy to do that. I mean, by all means, yes, write letters and the the classic forms, but just jump on Twitter and follow us, and then you'll you'll yeah. get all the leads you need. Um, that's Bike Sydney, but it, it's easy to do. But engage, and I think 
um, the challenge to your listeners might be how do how do we broaden um, the the messaging and the the themes that we engage wider than cycling because you know, this is a clear one that just says oh this is big and this can go wide mm. so let's get creative around that jump in on Twitter is the first start I mean there's millions of ways to get involved but do that at least um, and and make a call on yep. the draconian ways of the New South Wales government. Yeah, it's a civil liberties issue, and also it's also the freedom to move around your city without being a suspect in anything. I mean, that really strikes clearly to me. I want to be able the ability to move around my city without suspicion. Isn't that the mark of a civil society? And that's, I think, where Duncan Gay and Mike Baird have bitten off more than they can chew. Been great talking to you today, David. Oh, wonderful as always, Chris, uh, any time. And you can find out more. Is it bikesydney.com? Org, O-R-G, of course. Um, Just so one word, bikesydney.org. Oh, and we're on Twitter as well as Bike Sydney and Facebook. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for the talk today. I think uh, people out there will feel enthused and get moving on this issue. Yeah, wonderful. Look forward to it. And that was a quite lengthy interview I did with David Brella from Bike Sydney about uh, what on earth is happening in New South Wales. Is it a good thing getting uh, minimum passing laws for cyclists? Is it a good thing getting um, extra fines for cyclists? Well, (laughs) it looks like not. Anyway... I realise that there is a bit of a podcast backlog I've got to go catch up on, and I will do that today for Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. And don't forget that uh, this year 3CR is celebrating its 40th year on air, and there's lots of events coming up how you can support keeping Radical Radio on air, including subscribing or donating to the show. So thank you so much for today. That's all I've got time for. Val and Faye should be back on the show next week. And up next, we will have Dirt Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.